You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. No days off. No Off Day Podcast. Give me a chest ball. <laughs> with Andy Hart. All right, good to be with you. All right. This microphone week. put up a little less fight than the one last night. <laughs> and Ryan Hannibal. What's your name again? <laughs> Hannibal. Yeah, Hannibal. 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 Oh, Mr. Dot On WEI.com. Podcast. Patriots fell to the Seattle Seahawks 35 30 in another classic between those two teams. Um, Andy, let's get your first takeaways from the game. You said last week going into it that you'd sort of would be okay with a loss, I guess, if they played the way that you thought they could play and, and could prove they could hang with one of the NFL's best teams. And I think that they did that. So have your, has your opinion changed of the Patriots? 100%. Um, you know, I wrote the column for our website. That was a good loss. And I know that's not supposed to be part of Patriot Nation or Bill Belichick around here or no moral victories and proving your medal. But, um, you know, I did – a radio hit this morning, our friends up at the WJAB in Portland. And I likened it to remember 2001, the whole story, whether you believe it or not, Bill Belichick, they lose to the Rams. And he says, you know, we might see that team again. Yep. I, I think that was this, what I would argue even was an even better loss than that, because don't discount. I know there were no fans in Seattle, so that's one, but this right. was their first road trip. They, like they had not left Gillette stadium. They had, and it's the weird, you know, the, quarantine life road trip that you know don't leave the hotel go a day early so I think this was indeed a tough spot and the Seahawks are a good team anybody who thinks the Seahawks are not a good team and also watching other teams struggle like the the Chiefs should have lost the 49ers are falling apart they don't have any players left like the the Seahawks in my opinion are well on their way to being a final four final two final wherever you want to put them they're a good team they're and, be there at the end there's no question yeah and as Bill said earlier in the week, the best quarterback on the planet might be named Russell Wilson, and his weapons are developing. DK Metcalf is certainly now becoming a man right before your eyes in terms of NFL wide receivers. And you went toe to toe. You 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 were so close that you're lamenting your last play. You're you're wondering, oh, did I play that right? Like, if not, you might have come out of there with an instant classic comeback victory. Cam Newton's first big hurrah as a Patriot. So, yeah, I. I choose to focus on the positives from this game. Now you can nitpick. There's things you could pull out. But this team is better than I thought overall, I think, and is better now than I thought they could be this early in the season with Cam Newton as their new quarterback and coming out of, you know, no preseason and everything that was the summer. So I choose to be positive Andy today and take positive reactions from this loss. It was a good loss. Yeah, no, you should. And I, I am too. I mean, I, going into the game, I kind of 
like we said, we both had them losing the game, but I think it was closer than I think either of us expected. I don't think anyone has come down to the last play. And just the fact that they showed resilience coming back from the deficit late. Cam Newton drove down the field at the end. Like, there was a lot of boxes to check. And it wasn't just the running game by Newton, the offense, and over 200 yards. It was all the passing game. The running game was non-existent besides Newton. Um, so there are plenty of takeaways, positive takeaways there. I guess let's start, I guess, nitpicking the game. The whoa, final. Whoa. Why are we going right to nitpicking? We did two minutes of positivity and you already got a nitpick? No, I just want to get into specifics of the game, not necessarily negatives. Okay, I like – then call them specifics, not nitpicks. <laughs> okay. The final, the final play of the game, um, do you agree with the call? Would you have done it differently? Would you have had Cam do something differently? What was your take? Hindsight being twenty twenty, obviously I'd do something different because it got blown up. Um, but in general well, – well, first of all, I know some people have wondered, you know, should you have had a pass there? And the problem is you already went to that – play with the right. Jakob Johnson play earlier. Right. Um, I don't honestly hate the play call. Like I don't hate the idea of we're going to line up and this is who we are right now. Let's play ball and see if you can beat me. And guess what? You beat me. You right. got great penetration. Um, Johnson got blown up. Maybe if James Devlin's the fullback, that plays out differently. But the left side of the line got blown up a little bit. I know Cam has been very uh, – or was immediately after the game. Yeah. Uh, I shouldn't say immediately – a while after the game when he showed up to his uh, – he, he, he takes a while. He does. Um, he put it on himself. and but He could have bounced it outside, which I don't know. We'll see. I, I'm not sure about that. Like, there's a lot of green out there because of the formation and everything. But because they had penetration, you would sort of be bouncing back into the outside. Right. And as soon as you go back, those linebackers and safeties are coming across. So maybe – I mean, obviously there would have been a better chance than what he did, which yep. was kind of get just upended. You know, yeah. he kind of he, he, he said he wanted to dive over the pile. He had no chance to even do that. No, unless he's like the greatest broad jumper in the world. There was no chance. They give them credit. Their penetration like ended that play in the backfield. Like it was going to take a, a, a freak thing for them to have success after the way that play ended. Um, but and it's funny. I'm just watching it on the TV screen right now. I just give the Seahawks credit. They lined up. They didn't stop it earlier. And they stopped it with the game on the line. Um, that's who the Patriots are right now in a short – isn't that what – didn't right. we talk nonstop about even if he's still hurt and he's not the passer he wants like, – this was the situation where you said Cam can do this. Like this is Cam's strength. So I think you leaned on your strength. You grow from it. You learn from it. And maybe you're better from it moving forward. But, I mean, did you have – what? Did, were you overly critical of the, the call, the situation, anything? No, I don't know what else he would have really called. Cam's your best player in that situation. You gave him the ball. I think, I mean, Cam put it, they kind of used the play multiple times over the course of the game and went back to the well maybe too many times. But, like, I think if they – let's just say they didn't have that Jakob Johnson touchdown pass earlier in the game. Like, I think that's where – that's what actually happened at the end. They already used it. So – now. Like, what were you really going to do? Have, like, a, a RPO to the outside? You can't do that because that would have got blown up too. Well, I will say it, I wouldn't have hated um, sort of a, a, a front side. I wouldn't have hated an RPO with Harry on the backside. Now, that's what one of the positives I would like to get into. You got into that situation in part because of Nikhil Harry. He had three catches on that final drive. The, yeah. the willingness was staying positive. And is Harry perfect? No. Does he pale in comparison to DK Metcalf? Yes. Um, but – Okay, who cares? That it is what it is. Right. 
The fact that Cam Newton, with the game on the line in a two-minute drill, went to Nikhil Harry three times for Whatever half the yards heard. on the drive. Yeah. I mean, it was like 40-something yards. I think that's a good positive. Now, I would like to see it get to the point where Nikhil Harry is such a a presence that maybe that formation includes one receiver. It's Nikhil Harry backside. Well, that was sort of the prism. There was no receivers in the field, so there was no threat to pass the ball. But there was none earlier when it worked. Right. So that's – now, it doesn't help Josh McDaniels, I would say, for Nikhil – for Cam Newton's first comments to be, maybe we went to the well one too many times. Right. Like, that's a little bit of internal critique. Um, and then he bounced back by saying he should have bounced it out. It's his fault. He made bad – but – where this offense is now, I have no problem with it. If this, oh, this is the Super Bowl come February, I think you should have more diversity in your playbook and in your offense that you're not leaning on the same play, same formations over and over again and just saying, you know, we're bigger than you, we're stronger than you, we're going to punch it in. And maybe that is where that goes. Maybe that becomes Nikhil Harry who has an option route that could be a, a slant or a fade or right. whatever. I don't know. Like, I, I would have – I. The ball should have stayed in Newton's hands, and I think he should have kept it. Like, I, I would have – again, hindsight's twenty twenty, but I, looking back on it, I would want the ball in his hands than to be running the ball, not throwing the ball. Yeah. I mean, if there's any criticism – are we getting into criticisms? I, want, I don't want to nitpick, but the, well, the time I, I, man- I got I got one on the, the sequence. What's yours? Well, I was just going to say the time management there oh. probably could have been better, so you had That's- more options, opportunities. So – they had the completion to Edelman with, I think it was 29 seconds left. And they did it at the 18-yard line. And they didn't run their next play until there was 13 seconds left. And it was that incomplete pass to Edelman in the end zone. And, well, uh, which is a whole other issue. Um, Wes Welker's Patriots career was ended in the eyes of many fans for a ball that was more difficult to catch than that one, in my opinion. That was that should have been a touchdown. Yeah. I, I don't I, I don't mean, think that, he, I think he knew it afterwards, too. Well, it's, you got to catch. And Now, I don't know if that's a case. They've been practicing for a while, though, so I'm probably being overly positive and forgiving here. I don't know if that's a case where the ball got on him quicker than he expected because his possibly. quarterback, his arm is stronger than Brady's. Like, maybe that just kind of snuck through because that has to be caught. I mean, I'm sorry. If that's a – Theor- that's an MVP thrown to a Hall of Fame receiver. Well, Everybody tells him he's a Hall of Famer. Weird, though. He can't make that catch, but that makes that those – he had two spectacular downfield catches. Right, but um, the game's on the line. I need no. you to make that catch. No, like, like, I'm, saying, I'm saying that catch was easier than probably two of his other diving catches. And I wonder if that's something that, again, it got on him quicker than he expected, and maybe that was a learning, another learning experience or whatever. Um, but but back, back to the time management. So – would you have rather have had three or four plays from the 13-yard, the 18-yard line or whatever it was, instead of one play from there and then one play from the one-yard line? Yeah, I mean, they had to use – they ended up having to use the timeout. Right, they used it after the hairy catch, which gave them the, the, the play with three seconds left. But you would have had three or four chances to score from the whatever 15-yard line right. if you would use your timeout before that. Yeah, I would have used it. Um, and there was a, there was an air of nonchalance because that's when Newton came in the gun, right? He kind of came up, yeah. he's in the gun, like no, no urgency. There wasn't that much urgency for the given situation. Sure, they hurried to the line, but there wasn't like let's snap the ball. So I will pencil that in again, staying on the positive side of the ledger. That's his first comeback, two minute Patriots. But 
that's that's what Bill, but why can't Bill come in and call timeout? Yeah, I mean he can, but if he doesn't want to, but feels like maybe the you know it should just be heavier, it should be an on-field thing. Yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe some of the mechanics there from the booth to Cam, Josh, Bill. Well, maybe- I will say Bill was, was after the game. Bill didn't really. He was asked about it and didn't answer. Uh, well, Bill certainly was borderline um, talking to your grandmother who's got a little dementia. Like, he had no idea what was going on. Like, he, he, he tried to be kind of snippy. You know, uh, Seahawks called timeout. What? What are you talking about, Bill? Like, and oh, then I give Doug Kynesson credit. He just regurgitated the facts of the play. Like, no, didn't try to lead Bill in a direction, just said, here's what happened. Here's the facts of the play. It went from 36 to 13 or whatever, blah, blah, right. blah, on the clock. And Bill says, like, yeah, well, and then and just stared for uh, a long time, actually. Uh, yeah, it was definitely long, awkward silence. And um, I, I said to you, I think that was a case where he he gets defensive at times and his his go to is to be Silent. sort of. Well, no, after the he the 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 I don't know dinkish response where he tries to put it on the reporter and make the reporter look bad then he realizes oh wait i'm wrong here he stopped talking and i give him credit i I said to you you know the first way to get out of a hole is to stop digging he stopped digging his hole because if he had kept talking the hole would have gotten deeper because it wasn't really an out there so he just stares and you know then 20 seconds later stacy james goes next question (laughs) um and no one you know says you know because you're not going to get the argumentative pushback that you could have oh, had there you'll get, you a you'll get a follow-up today on this conference call in with omf like sort of after but he'll have a prepared the- answer now he'll 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 have something prepared to respond to right he'll have his talking points down whereas in this he didn't have anything down he was out of whack but, okay i don't want to i want to fixate on the negative let's stay fixating right. on the positive positive uh Jameer newton, Bird. newton as a passer i was saying newton as a passer Jameer Bird, nikhil harry julian edelman like so yeah, My go. column last, when was that? Friday, that he has to pass the test. He passed the test. Not only in that, again, okay, I, I do need to give sort of the, put it in relative perspective. The Seahawks have now given up, I don't know, a thousand yards in two games, basically, yes. through the year to Matt Ryan and Cam Newton, whatever the numbers are. They're ridiculous. But I didn't know if Cam Newton could do that. And he threw the ball 44 times for nearly 400 yards. 397, uh, I think, right? Yeah, I, I don't. I wasn't sure, and he did it spreading the ball around. He did it without one of his best weapons in James White, inactive because of the tragedy where his his father was killed in Florida in a car accident. Um, So there was that whole weird change to your game plan. Who knows what James White was supposed to be and evolution there. But he went to his guy, Julian Edelman, which is to be expected, career high in in receiving yards. And that was even a late thing. I don't think Edelman had a catch in the first quarter. Uh, He didn't. It was very quiet start. He may or may not be dealing with that knee injury. And after this game, maybe dealing with some other bumps and bruises because he got up slow a number of times. Yeah, um, to a bunch of body parts, neck, knee, shoulder, elbow. I, I will say, if I want to take a real negative away, this Sunday night game for Julian Edelman looked a little bit like the Baltimore game where every time he got up, there was like something else hurt. And, you know, his head is almost thinking, I'm getting too damn old for this crap anymore. Um you know, he goes to – we talked about it earlier, Nikhil Harry. Demir Bird had 70-plus yards receiving. So, Demir Bird – I think that was a uh, 
emphasis going into the game. Like, if Demir Bird's going to be on the field for this many plays, get him the ball. Because I think he was actually open against Miami. New so that was the common uh... – that was the common touchdown twins refrain that, you know, Demir Bird is ready to make all these big plays. And, and whatever, maybe he is. I, but I watched some plays. He was open. I rewatched the All-22. Aren't you special? Um, <laughs> but, you know, Ryan Izzo had a catch on the last drive. Like, that passing game with Cam is evolving. I don't know how good it can be. I don't know how bad – I mean, in four weeks we might be saying – wow, the Seahawks' pass defense is historically bad. Like, they're right. giving up yards in, in a boatload. Well, it's but, also to be fair, too. They lost, what, two safeties in the game? Yes. Well, yeah, let's get back to that. What would you think of the uh, ejection? Uh, I was fine with it. I, yeah. I thought it would. I he, understand. He let it with his head. That's, that's, text, that's the rule. I, I know, but you have to lead with your head. That's the thing that annoys me. Everybody says lead with your shoulder. I can't fucking lead with something that is behind my head. Like the head goes where the shoulder goes. And in a bang, bang play like that, it's hard for him. Now, I'm not excusing. It's, I think he can do better and be better. But you're mad at the rule, not the play. Because um, by the, how the rule is written, that's cause for ejection. See, I, but that's my problem. To me, that was not. An, in, an injection offense like it ha- it's too bang bang because an injection oh, should be I, 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 you're I trying to hurt somebody you're trying to hit somebody in the head you took I, I, yes two I, steps and lowered your shoulder like i've seen defenders do much worse on the field it's but, just to me it's just a bang bang play it's like the guy's coming in to hit him the guy coming this way is going to put his head down to, to try to protect himself or run over a, a defender i i just and I understand it's modern football and safety and head issues. I just think to get ejected, if you want to, you know, flag all of those and try to really put, but an ejection to me is like premeditated murder. Like the flag is manslaughter. Like you, you killed somebody. You didn't mean to, you killed them. There's the flag. But when you take it to the ejection level, you know, the old days, you only got ejected for fighting, throwing punches. Oh, I know. I know. They're, they're trying to get rid of these hits in the game. I, I agree. It's, it's, it's so hard for a defender to change their angle and whatever on a bang-bang play, and, and that one wasn't – it's not like he leaps, like, or jumps. Like, there wasn't. No. So, and, and I would argue that if you continue to force safeties and linebackers to think that way, A, you're just benefiting the offense because they're going to play timid. B, you're going to lead to injuries. I think right. guys are going to get hurt. Um, because they're afraid to hit. So now they're like catching, they're getting run over. All of a sudden they're paralyzed. Like I just, on some level, and I've said this for years, football's a hellaciously violent game that leaves people injured. And guess what? We love that. That's why we like the game. And the players know the risk. The fans should know the risk. I just, I know, and I know a lot of players got ripped. A number of expatriates, Darius Butler, Tavon Wilson, Defensive backs, you know, what's a guy supposed to do there? What, you know, really, what's he supposed to do? And that's how I, again, no problem with the flag. It's that next level ejection. Even if you wanted to do some form of, you know, that's his first. If he has another in the game, then it's automatic. I, I, I just hated, to me, when you get ejected, you should have done something really over bad. the top, outside the game of football or like, yeah. I don't know. It just, as Cam Newton said about the loss, that, that hit left a bad, bad taste in my mouth. Uh, back to Newton, his passing. To me, I don't want to be 
because he, he was it was good. He passed the test, but there was just he. You just can't do positivity, can you? No, I am. Like it's he, funny, you make homer picks. You got him winning the division and winning nine games, and Cam's the MVP. And big picture, you're a homer, and then little picture, you're like. Well, I thought Cam kind of sucked as a passer. No, I just thought that he was he was better when plays broke down and he was sort of on the move. I thought that when it was like a three-step drop and he needed to make a quick decision, he didn't do that as well as he could. Well, that may be true. I think the strength of his game is, for a while, is going to be plays breaking. But I also think that's part of his weapons. Yeah. I think there's there's issues there with the weapons and the timing and – you know, guys getting open. I think that's open. also true with, like, McDaniels can see that and maybe call fewer of those plays. Yeah, no, I – it's fair. I mean, there's plenty of nitpicking. He should have thrown a pick six to Dunbar before he threw a pick to Dunbar. Um, so there's things that are going to be built upon, but he did throw for 400 yards and – No, I, I agree. I'm saying he, he passed the test. I said that. Well, he didn't really pass because they lost. I mean, it's very close to passing, but um, uh, one re- before we get to the defense, one real negative with the offense, which you can't work around, the running game. The the running backs average less than two yards a carry. Yes, and I mean, if we're gonna do that, I think we start with one name, Sony Michelle. He's your lead back. He's your first round pick. And there was a run off like left guard early in the game, which is where all his carries basically came. Yeah, he had uh, five carries in the first quarter. I think finished with seven. Right. But there was a hole. It looked like – and I, I continue to say this. Um, old friend Paul Perillo once said, nobody turns a 40-yard run into a three-yard gain quicker than Sony Michelle. Like, there was this big hole, and then it closed, and he got tackled for, like, three yards. And you're like – how many games do you see that are changed? There was a couple of them for the 49ers last year where you hit that hole, you go for a touchdown. That changes the whole way the game plays out, and he gets tackled. And then there was another one that really bothered me and would piss me off if I was his offensive line. He chewed out Jermaine Illuminor, I think it was, on a run over the over right guard, right tackle early for, like, missing a block, not blocking it. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? The audacity of this guy? You have never made your O-line look good. They make you look good, and then you make them look bad. And you have the audacity in front of a live TV audience to call out a – now, maybe he's feeling the pressure and realizes his time is coming to an end. But... Well, it might have last night. He only played – I think Rex Burkhead got like 50-something snaps, and, and Michelle was in the teens. He um, – I know Tony Maz took a, a lot of hits early on for he sucks and he blows for Sony Michelle. Um. He's creeping towards he sucks and he blows. Like, well, this is for, for a later podcast. But do you think he his carries go away when Damon Harris comes back? I'm a bad person to ask that because I thought last October Sony Michelle's carry should go away for Damian Harris. So yes, yes, yes. And I don't care if it's just Damian Harris. I'm I, like, I'm done with him. I, I don't. There, I got into this discussion with somebody this morning about Nick Folk. He misses another field goal. Can that continue? And I said, no, but I don't know what your options are because, you know, you're, you're going to be in tight games. So the, you can't afford to miss field goals. You're going to be in tight games. You can't afford for Sony Michelle to just, oh, another seven carries for 19. Yards. Those are wasted plays. If I have 60 snaps, I just wasted 10% of my plays on him doing nothing, knowing I'm getting nothing out of it. How long can you continue to waste plays when you have Cam Newton, who's making plays, or you have, 
You know, even Nikhil Harry starting to make more plays. He goes down very easy, though, by the way. He had a pl- another play this week. Wasn't where he got run over, but it looked like he was going to burst through for like a 12-yard gain. And some guy who was getting blocked just like threw his arm out and down goes Nikhil Harry, your big play receiver. Like, that, that bothers me. But, yeah, Sony Michelle, um, I'm done. I've been done for a while. I'm ready to move on and see somebody else get chances, whatever. Uh, defensively. I thought obviously the the pass defense wasn't great when you're allowing those big plays and five passing touchdowns for the second time in the Bill Belichick era. But I thought the front seven was pretty good. Better than uh, I thought they would be. Like, I'm, not as, I'm not as positive on that as you are. I thought the I thought the Seahawks ran when they wanted to run for the most part. Um, they were sort of the anti Patriots where I guess maybe I'm talking more them. about the like the pa- the pass rush. You got some pass rush. Um, it was like, non-existent early. And then I thought after the first, well, the, I guess the second Seattle drive where they went yeah. right down the field. After that, I thought the pass rush stepped up a little bit because I thought they were bad on that drive. Um, you're still scheming it. You know, you're bringing Kyle Duggar. You're bringing and you're Duggar with some blitzes, yeah. Um, but, again, maybe we'll, we'll see where that goes. Obviously, you know, Chase Winovich got a I'll nice – I'll just say it's Winovich. But now, but now I'm starting thinking about – Anthony Jennings, I haven't heard his name. I didn't hear his name once last time. Nope, nope. Um, and when we get to negatives, you stick with the linebackers because I got a big one. Um, but oh, I have two. Probably the same guy. They, the front seven, it's funny because you talk about the secondary and the front seven, and they're held to just very different standards. I think we're looking for anything positive out of the front seven because we have low expectations. Yeah, you're probably right. And then the back end, you have like almost perfect expectations. And I'm guilty of this. Like I put – Stefan Gilmore on my thumbs down because I'm sorry, you're the defensive player of the year. You no. can't give up 55 yard touchdowns. No. Like, and, and it wasn't just that. I thought Metcalf sort of kind of won that match. Oh, Metcalf. I think Metcalf got under his skin. And I, oh, he did. And, well, did you take De- Devin, did you Devin McCourty's comment after the game about like not wanting to have that extracurricular stuff? Well, and yes. Is that a uh, shot at Steph? I, I think I don't think I, I wouldn't take it as a shot, but you can't allow somebody to get under your skin, and that's why Bill takes you out immediately. You notice Gilmore comes out after the little uh, scuffle yeah. fight, I mean, whatever. Only one play, but yes. But it's 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 a cool down basically. It's a you go sit over there for a minute, collect your thoughts. We can't be having that, and then you can get back out there and play yeah. your game. Um, and to me, Gilmore was totally in the wrong on that play. He got blocked. I'm sorry. You got owned. Oh, that was yes. It was a hard block, but you were being physical all game long, and that that was well within the rules. Like you can block a guy out of bounds. But this was a classic, um, you know, Steve Smith, Akib Talib, or yeah. was it Odell and and whatever started the fight a couple of years. Like they get under each other's skin, and then it starts escalating. Tick for tack. Oh, I'm gonna because NBC did a nice job with a little uh, montage of the clips and. They were, like, grabbing each other's throats every play. And so it, it escalated. But the bigger picture, like, my defensive player of the year, I need you to win that matchup. I, I mean, if, if, if we're going to be a good defense. Because everybody tells me, you know, elite secondary strength of the defense. Well, the strength of the defense gave up five passing touchdowns, big plays. So I can't give you – and he got beat. That's the other thing. He was there at the end. He caught up. He got beat. Metcalf ran right by him. Yeah. So who was in coverage on the other long touchdown one? McCourty. Yep. Like that was kind of a, just a great play. I thought he was in decent position. Gilmore got beat. 
Yeah. And then he, he, but he, he made it look better by closing the gap and then diving with his hands and Metcalf made a great catch. It was a great throw and a great catch. Um, but he got beat and that's the reality of playing cornerback in the NFL. Like you lose one or two of those. And I saw somebody were, Oh, a tough matchup, you know, Metcalf and Devonte Parker are tough matchups. Well, if you're the NFL defensive player of the year, you should win those matchups. Those receivers are good receivers and probably you know, around 10 ish, not like number one. Right. And even if they are number one, I like, even you got to play even like right. I pick, Correct me if I'm wrong here. He's the defensive player of the year. I pay you, I just gave you a $5 million bump in salary and you're going against a second year receiver. Like tough matchup. Yeah. What do we do? Like I pay you to go into tough matchups. I, yes. Jason McCourty. I would look at differently. Jonathan Jones. I would look at differently. You are my number one best player, highest paid, whatever you want to call it. So I hold you to a high standard. And I thought, he didn't necessarily win that battle. Um, it was the first thing I noticed NBC, uh, by the way, nepotism central. You go from like Chris Sims analyzing the game to what's his name? Zach Collinsworth Zach, or yeah, yeah, yeah. first thing Zach Collins. Is it Zach? I don't know. Whatever. I thought it was a weird name, but um, the first thing he brought up was Metcalf won the, the battle against, against Gilmore. And I can't, I expected uh, Jack Collinsworth. Oh, Jack. I knew it was a weird, and it's like J-A-C, right? J-A-C, no K. Yuck. I call him Yuck Collinsworth. But um, we knew this was coming. I think I predicted, told you, like, Gil, there was no way Gilmore was going to have as good a season as he did a year no. ago, whether it was the competition, the law of averages, just coming back to sort of reality. It's a tough job, all of that. And in this game, he lost his cool, and he lost the matchup. No, I mean – the flip side is you're probably not going to face a team that can throw the ball down the field like the Seahawks, like the Chiefs, obviously. But that's not like a, it's not going to be a weekly occurrence. No, no, no. I I think they'll be fine, and they'll probably make plays. Now they didn't make plays in this game because sorry, the the McCourty pick six was, was like again I could have caught that and ran it back because the the Seahawks were already on the move. They were already establishing. We're moving the ball. We're driving. That reminded me actually of the. Uh, Lamar Jackson's playoff loss last year where he hit Mark Andrews they're driving and there was a little further along in the drive he hits Mark Andrews right in the hands goes right through it's a pick and now all of a sudden Lamar Jackson oh he can't win in the postseason well maybe my tight end can't win in the postseason because I hit him in the goddamn hands so you got a gift early you were very fortunate for that you took Uh, advantage of it I mean you were in the game all like so no no, I don't I don't like gifts are gonna happen mistakes are gonna happen and they took advantage but this was the type of performance I kind of expected from the secondary this year in matchups like this. Like, you're good, but I don't know that you're good enough to just sort of win on your own and shut down a good passing attack, and that's a really good passing attack. All right, what was your other linebacker you wanted to get to? Um, Jawan Bentley. Yep. Can't he is so slow. So yeah. slow. Wilson embarrassed him early on a scramble. Um, Carson embarrassed him on a run around left end. Uh, Lockett embarrassed him on another play. Like he, and and it's not his fault. I don't fault him. He is who he is. He's just slow. And that's what he was coming out of Purdue. He's a fifth round, like old school middle linebacker. But they're asking to do things that he can't do. Yeah. Like this, if, if this, if this team had any depth at linebacker, I don't think he plays much in this game. Like I think it was was sort of the case of last year. He was a role player. Right. Except. This year, his role is, I need you to play more. Um, And, you know, in that light, you saw Adrian Phillips get run on a little bit. 
Um, oh, yeah. Kyle Bunder played a lot. Yeah, I thought he took away um, Brooks's snaps. Turned Brooks's snaps. Yeah, Brooks and Jawan Williams barely. Yeah, that was another one. Jawan Williams didn't hear his name once. Um, which is interesting because it's a team that has tight ends, and you thought you might see some matchup tight ends um, there. But yeah, just the Jawan Bentley thing was was sort of glaring. I mean, he's. I mean, I guess it wouldn't have been any different. It could have been a Landon Roberts in the same role, and I think the same thing probably would have happened. Yeah. Um, the you know that's a game where you needed athleticism like Jamie Collins those kinds of guys and I, the reality is they're not on the team anymore they left and you you have a little bit of a hole there because I don't I will say wouldn't have stunned me if Dante Hightower looked the same if Dante Hightower was in oh, that role I was gonna say that earlier I don't think he went he would have made that much of a difference no this was like a Jamie Collins I think could have kept up because of his natural gifts of speed um whereas Bentley got exposed but it is what it is um Nick, we talked about a little bit earlier, but Nick Folk, do you do anything? Do you ride him out? Do you give war? Are we going to bring in a third kicker? What are we going to oh. like? I don't know. Because I, I, I don't think there's anything you can do right now. I think right now you have to let work, like let Folk be your kicker. I find it hard to believe Rohrwasser went from spraying the ball all over the field, as you guys put it, and, you know, having a minor injury and those things to he's ready to go. He's an upgrade. Well, um, the only difference with him is that you feel better about him kicking a 45 plus yard field goal. Do I? Not if he if, if he, he hits he it further it, but still misses it. it. I don't give a rat's ass. Right. Right? I mean, if it's a miss, it's a miss in the end. You know, if a guy hits an absolute bomb foul, it's still just a strike and not a home run. I need him to hit a bomb and hit it fair, right? And I don't know that you can find a third kicker out there. It is just funny, though. Like, you watch um, Kansas City. We played oh, the Kansas City so much butter. for offense and weapons. Yeah, what, what did he hit? Three 58-yard field goals, including the one, you know, oh, well, Ison. That would have all been nope. good from 60, probably. Right. Like, that's just the reality. And then you even see Steven Gostowski nailing uh, what was a, essentially a game winner for the second yeah. game in a row, even though he's had some struggles. So, no, I don't think there's really anything that can be done right now other that you ride it out with Nick Folk until it gets so bad that maybe then you have to give Vorhwasser a chance. But, again, you have you have a veteran, you have a draft pick, how many kickers are you going to have? You're going to have, like, all these guys hanging around? It, it is right. what it is. So the Patriots will host the Raiders next Sunday afternoon. Um, I, they play tonight against the Saints. You really can't give, like, total predictions and, and whatever. But I think we're looking at sort of what we thought we were going to have going into the year. Probably going to be 2-2 two and two after week four. Um, I don't know it's jumping so ahead, but. This is where I get negative. Um, I think. I think we're going to be talking about a letdown next week when we do this podcast. Coming off a moral victory, a great loss, whatever you want to call it, you're going to now be expected to take care of business against the Raiders. Um, I think the Raiders are a, like a better overall team than the Dolphins, the team you beat at home last week. Yeah. Um, Josh Jacobs, we'll see how he runs. I'm, I'm still concerned about the front and the run game and the ability for another team to maybe control the ball in that way. So my early prediction, I'm not predicting the game. Yep. I'm just predicting we'll sort of be talking about a letdown effort against the Raiders next week. All right. So we, I think we got – are we doing Friday podcast this week? Uh, works for me. All right. It had a groundswell of support. At least one person on Twitter wanted it. <laughs> but so that's all we need. Yes, all we need. We got one vote – we're like Trump. We're going to make all the other votes disappear. No, don't anybody text in. I don't want any political talk on this podcast. I was just kidding. It was a low-hanging fruit cheap shot. 
I'll work in a Biden cheap shot next week. All right. Well, uh, we'll talk to you on Friday. Peace out.